veteran has to make the initial application for any given benefit. Then the veteran has to wait. If the benefit is approved and if it is appropriate, you're done. Everything is well and good. But again, over 70% of these initial applications for benefits are wrongfully denied. The veteran gets a letter six months, 12 months, 18 months later that says we have uh, assessed your application for benefits. We don't believe you've made the cut. Goodbye. This is Lawyer to Lawyer, the award-winning legal podcast with J. Craig Williams and Robert Ambrogi. West Coast meets East Coast, and yes, they are attorneys, bringing you the latest legal news and observations every week with the leading experts in the legal profession. Produced right here on the Legal Talk Network. Welcome to Lawyer to Lawyer on the Legal Talk Network. I'm Craig Williams from a sunny Southern California that is thankfully no longer windy. And this is Bob Ambrogi coming to you from just outside of Boston, Massachusetts. And Craig, it's great to have you back. It seems like you've you've been away for a while. I have been in busy. court quite a bit. Yep. Busy. And I apologize well, about that. Well, not a problem. Uh, well, I, I write a blog called Law Sites, another blog called Media Law. And Craig, I know you're busy with those kinds of things too. Yeah, I try to write a, a legal blog called May I Please the Court, but it doesn't get out very often. Um, I've also got a book out called How to Get Sued. Good Christmas gift, by the way. <laughs> So we, we'd like to take time to thank our sponsors, Bob Clio. It's a web-based practice management software program for lawyers at goclio.com. Above All Legal, a new online job board for the legal community. You can find out more about Above All Legal at abovealllegal.com. And Firm Manager from LexisNexis at myfirmmanager.com slash LTN. Uh, well, Craig, on Veterans Day this year, President Obama spoke from Arlington National Cemetery Uh, Let's listen to a brief clip of what he had to say there. In just a few weeks, the long war in Iraq will finally come to an end. Our transition in Afghanistan is moving forward. My fellow Americans, our troops are coming home. What do members uh, of the military face after they come home, as he's talked about? Yeah, I, I was kind of taken aback to sound like he was just in the studio with us. <laughs> there are uh, efforts, Bob, to assist returning troops, their families, and all other veterans in the legal community and beyond today on Lawyer to Lawyer. We're going to be talking with two guests who have made it their personal mission to assist our service members, vets, and military families. And for that, we thank them. Uh, well, joining us today, first off, is Attorney Nan Heald. Uh, Nan is the Executive Director of Pine Tree Legal Assistance in Maine. Pine Tree, uh, and the Arkansas Legal Services Partnership uh, have worked together to create a website, Stateside Legal, that assists members of the military, veterans, their families, and advocates with access to benefits and free legal help. Nan was recently honored for her efforts as a champion of change by the White House uh, for her dedication to social justice. Welcome to Lawyer to Lawyer, Nan Heald. Thank you very much. And Bob, also joining us is Jim Strickland. Jim is a self-styled, self-educated advocate for veterans and a nationally recognized expert on disability benefits. Jim served in the Army from 1967 to 1970, received training as a combat medic, and then as a surgical assistant. Jim writes extensively about VA benefits, both on his own website, the Aided Z Guide, Veterans VA Disability Benefits, at jimstrickland912.com, and he writes as well on popular sites such as vawatchdog.org. 
He also speaks to veterans groups across the country and oftentimes refers vets to attorneys when they need professional help. Welcome to Lawyer to Lawyer, Jim. Thank you. Happy to be here. Uh, well, Nan, we'd like to just start with you uh, and ask you about uh, st- the stateside legal website that uh, Pine Tree helped create. Uh, what, what was the impetus for that? How did that come about and how did it get launched? Well, Maine, I think like a lot of rural states, has a very high percentage of its population that are veterans. And my program provides free legal services to low-income people around the state. And of course, that includes a lot of veterans and sadly, uh, a fair number of folks that have current military connections. In 2008, our, one of our congressmen, Congressman Mike Mishu, asked us if we could do more to meet the legal needs of veterans. He served at the time as the chair of a House subcommittee on veterans issues. I started to do some research on it, and I met a military legal assistance attorney Uh, named Steve Lynch, who's based with the Coast Guard in Ohio, who had made it his mission to try and convince legal aid lawyers like Pine Tree and other groups to do more for service members and folks in the military. And he really inspired me to try and educate myself and to learn about all of these laws that I frankly didn't know about and my program didn't know much about that are tied to someone's status as a member of the military or as a veteran and that touch just about every kind of work that my program does, whether it's housing or family law or benefits work. So I tried to Google a response and I realized that while there were lots of websites that had some information about legal issues for veterans or for service members or for their families, There wasn't a single website that just did that. And so we talked to one of our major funders, the Legal Services Corporation. They were very interested in creating such a site, and ultimately my program got the grant to build it, and it launched last year at statesidelegal.org. And I should say that it's a site initially designed for the general public, so the information that is on it is written at a high school reading level, and it's it's designed to help people find information about their legal rights and to help connect them with resources that can help protect those rights and advocate for those rights. And Jim, can you give us a little bit of your backstory and how you became a veterans advocate? I was uh, very successful in a healthcare career following my military training and experience. And in about 2003, some disabilities that I had incurred while I was on active duty caught up with me. And I was having trouble working, needed some financial assistance, so I turned to the VA. And I could not believe the wall that I ran into. I was, like most veterans, I was absolutely stunned with how clear my records were and how deserving I was of some help from the Veterans Administration. Then I was turned down. Uh, It was like I didn't even exist. It was insulting and it was degrading. So um, I decided to train myself. I I looked at the rules and regulations. Of course, in 2003, I couldn't turn to an attorney. Um, And I became a self-styled advocate. Um, I started working with a fellow who ran uh, a very popular website, the VAWatchdog.org. 
and uh, together he and I um, took this thing as far as we could go. He's now retired. His health has caught up with him, and I'm the webmaster and owner of VAWatchdog.org, um, and and here we are today. I do have all of my benefits, by the way. I, I want everything that I deserve. Uh, Dan, we, I, we, I think we uh, have heard perhaps a little bit more lately about uh, medical care uh, issues for returning veterans. Uh, there have been a number of reports uh, lately that have, that have kind of gone into a lot of depth about uh, some of the medical issues that returning veterans are faced, but we haven't heard that much about the legal issues they face. I mean, what are some of the legal issues that, that veterans uh, face that, that perhaps are, are unique to them? Well, I mean, one of the sort of threshold challenges is in understanding what a veteran is because it's a word that means different things to different people, and it has different legal significance in context. So I guess one important thing I think we all need to remember is that you can't just rely on whether somebody says they're a veteran or identifies as a veteran. You have to ask them if they've served in the military. And then you have to think about um, doing some research to find out if the problem that they've come to you with, the legal problem they have, is one that is impacted by that answer. Some of the things that we see in Maine, and I suspect probably folks see everywhere, are folks that are having problems paying their bills and may not realize that if they have just come back from active duty, they can, one, file for unemployment based on their military service. Um, there's a special program that's known by the acronym UCX that you can find on stateside legal that allows folks to file for unemployment. There are rights to return to your old job if you left your job in order to when you were deployed. Um, that's a, another really important federal law called the Uniformed Services Employment it's U-S-E-R-R-A. I can never remember all the acronym. And then the third thing that I think is really important is foreclosure. Um, my program sees a lot of requests for help with foreclosure, and there's a really powerful law, the Service Member Civil Relief Act, that provides important foreclosure protections for service members and 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 continues that protection up to nine months after they return from active duty. And, and something you provided us said that over 4,500 foreclosure proceedings, I think this came from you, are, are involving military homeowners in just New York alone are being reviewed for a failure to comply with this law. That's and right. This is, a, this is a huge problem. It it's like. a huge problem because what is supposed to happen, the Service Member Civil Relief Act um, was originally written many, many years ago and has been amended by Congress a few times. But the idea behind it is that if you're called up to active duty, you shouldn't have to worry about consumer issues and housing issues and some and, and legal proceedings. You need to be able to focus on your service. And so the Service Member Civil Relief Act includes many different protections designed to basically put things on hold while you're serving. And, and and for a period of time after you get home. But I think very few people know about that. Um, and so it's routinely overlooked by service members, by their families, by creditors, by 
all sorts of groups. If I, we actually had a training in Maine for the judges on the impact of that law just in the family law context, where it's also very important. Jim, what are you finding in terms of the returning vets that are coming back from Afghanistan? Are you finding that, that a lot of them are disabled and they need help and they don't understand what to do? Yes, absolutely. Where Nan has been addressing the uh, the total veteran and all of the, the legal and financial problems that they may uh, encounter when they return from their active duty, I'm more focused on what they encounter with the Veterans Administration. Many of these folks are coming back with, uh, you know, the signature injury is traumatic brain injury. TBI has now been associated with PTSD. Um, we have more and more PTSD-afflicted veterans than, than I ever thought imaginable. Uh, part of that is because of the extended tours of duty, the multiple tours of duty. I sat with a young man not too long ago who had been to either Afghanistan or Iraq eight different times um, away from his family. He didn't know his 13-year-old son. He had no control of anything going on at home, and he really needed some help, and, and he wasn't getting it. The VA is just not equipped to to give him any help. When it comes to the financial side, a lot of these guys are just not able to find work. I say guys, I'm, I'm including guys and the, the women veterans in that. They aren't able to find work. They're disabled. They are having some issues with getting back up on their feet. And the average VA claim today is taking almost two years to get through the process. It's an incredibly long wait time. And it's getting worse every month. Something I mean, we have uh, we have uh, something here telling us that the average the VA has a backlog of over eight hundred thousand initial disability claims, two hundred thousand appeals of initial denials. Uh, Jim, what's what's your experience with the, with the VA? What what are you finding as you as you try and handle the help the veterans with these cases? Well, the first thing we have to remember is the VA is not anybody's friend, and I and I don't say that I'm not angry at the VA, and I don't think the VA is is evil. I don't think that there's anybody there that's trying to hurt veterans or, or uh, uh, doing anything intentional. It is just um, uh, an incompetent bureaucracy that is so large and, and so disorganized that it can't seem to do anything right. The, the backlog is the biggest problem. If TBI and PTSD are the signature events that are occurring with veterans today. The backlog is the signature event of the Department of Veterans Affairs, and it, and it continues to grow worse. When a veteran applies for a disability benefit, say a fellow that um, has hurt his back, it's documented in his records, he, he has everything in place, he makes an application to the Veterans Administration, and he should be collecting, you know, three or $400 a month, which is a godsend to a lot of these folks, um, to have that take two years to process, is it's just an incredible amount of time for, for these, these uh, vets who are just scraping by. Seventy percent of the applications that are submitted to the VA are wrongfully denied on the first pass, and they have to be appealed. Generally, the appeal more and more these days is being done by an attorney. It's being done by a professional who has some idea of how to make things happen. 
70% of the appeals are being handily won. So, so there's a there's a there's a real issue in getting benefits out of the VA into the hands of the veteran who needs them. But if I can jump in, I would just say that people who are in that situation, Jim has done just a fabulous job of providing a step-by-step explanation of how to file a good claim for disability benefits. And it's on our website and it's on, of course, on his websites. Um, But people and their family members who are thinking about that really should look at that information because you will do better if you do as much as possible to follow Jim's suggestions from the outset. We we have a philosophy that we refer to as do it right the first time. Unfortunately, veterans are not allowed to approach an attorney or to, to retain an attorney to help them with their claim, as if, for instance, they were going for Social Security Disability, SSDI. Any citizen can hire an SSDI attorney to help them with the process. That's not true of the VA. Although, Jim, I would say you can hire, if you can find a free attorney, I think you can have a free attorney. You just can't pay an attorney. That's absolutely (laughs) correct. You can also use a veteran service officer. Many of the national service organizations or veteran service organizations provide what they refer to as veteran service officers who will help veterans with the uh, fairly complex routine of filing the initial application for their benefits. It's unfortunate that most of these veteran service officers are not very well trained. Many of them are volunteers, and um, they are uh, they're a big part of the problem, in my opinion. Well, Nan, you say they can they can hire they can use a free attorney if they can find one. How do they find? I mean, can they find one? Are there attorneys? I know that one of the things that your site, uh, the stateside legal site, does is is try to uh, 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 provide uh, uh, links to to uh, sources of, of free legal help. Uh, how available is that kind of help? Well, I, you know, I'd love to say that the legal aid community can be a source, but um, unfortunately, we've just lost funding um, that'll be kicking in for us in terms of our federal LSC funding in January. So while there are some legal aid programs that do handle VA benefits from the outset, um, I think it's probably fair to say the majority don't. However, bar associations all over the country and law school clinics and other groups are starting to really get interested in providing pro bono support to veterans and service members. And so I think it's certainly worth checking with your local legal aid program, with your local bar association, with your local law school to see if they can provide a resource. Jim, let's talk a little bit about families and caregivers for veterans. What kind of things are they facing as the troops return home? It's it's been very difficult. The same process. The uh the caregiver's benefit that is now available is difficult to apply for. The family member who does the application rarely has any knowledge of how the VA works. Uh, the process is not friendly. When you, The average person thinks, of, gosh, I need to do this. I need some help with it. I'm going to pick up the telephone. I'm going to call the VA. And the VA has a toll-free telephone number. Unfortunately, the toll-free telephone number does not go to the VA. It goes to a call center that is staffed by the VA, but it does not connect 
to that veteran's regional office. We are all connected to uh, one of 57 regional offices that are spread throughout the United States and U.S. territories. Um, and even the VAOIG says that you have less than a 50-50 chance of getting a correct answer when you call the toll-free number. It's, it's, a, it's a fairly desperate situation. Just like any other claim for benefits, the claim for the attendance, for the family attendance uh, benefit, uh, is very often denied. They didn't cross a T. They didn't dot an I. They wait six months, a year, maybe 18 months, and they get a letter in the mail that says, we've evaluated your claim and you are now denied. If you want to, you can hire an attorney. There, there, you. I, I, I hate to disagree, but I don't know of any attorneys, except law students. A number of law schools do put on free clinics for veterans, and 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 that's all well and good. But the average veteran um, has no option to go to an attorney and get professional help filing the initial claim. Why isn't there any option to go to one of the JAG lawyers in the in well, the relative related service uh, groups? JAG is for active duty military. We are talking about veterans. Once you separate, you have no access to JAG. Uh, we're we're going to take a short break right now. Uh, hold that thought. We're going to continue this conversation in just a few moments. Hi, my name is Kay Kenny from Legal Talk Network, and I'm joined by Jack Newton, president of Clio. Jack is going to talk to us about the benefits of cloud computing. Now, what do you think the single biggest benefit to cloud computing is? In talking to our customers recently uh, about that very question, I was surprised with what came back with as, as a really resounding response, and that was that it's the convenience and the freedom that cloud computing affords them the ability to get their work done from anywhere whether it's at their office at the courthouse at home or even if they're on vacation they're able to get their work done where and when they need to get it done Uh, the mobile aspect of things is also increasingly important with cloud-based software you can access your data and software from your iphone or your ipad your blackberry uh, and other mobile devices so for the uh, lawyers that are on the move which is an increasing uh, proportion of lawyers, that's a, a really key benefit as well. We've been talking to Jack Newton, president of Clio. Thank you so much, Jack. Thank you. And if anyone wants additional information on Clio, they can feel free to visit www.goclio.com. That's G-O-C-L-I-O.com. It's the office calling again. Don't answer it. Why not? I'm listening to Legal Talk Network podcasts to get my CLE credit in West Legal Ed Center. Oh, yeah. I need to do that, too. Where do I find them? It's easy. Just go to LegalTalkNetwork.com and pick a program for CLE, click on it, and start listening. Or go to WestLegalEdCenter.com and choose from any of the Legal Talk Network programs available for CLE. That's perfect. The office can wait. You've heard of Firm Manager. You've seen ads for Firm Manager. Now you can try Firm Manager free for 30 days at www.myfirmmanager.com slash LTN. Firm Manager is the web-based matter management application from LexisNexis that lets you run your practice anywhere, anytime, including your desktop, laptop, mobile phone, or iPad. Take the free 30-day trial today. 
at www.myfirmmanager.com LTN and spend less time focusing on clerical work and more time on practicing law. This is Kay Kenny at Legal Talk Network, and I'm talking with attorney Mimi Manginis, co-founder of Above All Legal, a new online job board for the legal community. Mimi, tell us about Above All Legal and how it works. Sure. Above All Legal is an online job board that connects legal professionals uh, with top-notch law firms of all sizes, as well as corporate legal departments. The AAL process is fast and it's simple. Candidates can place their profile and resumes for free, and then they can search and apply for jobs that are specific to their geographic preferences and job category. Also, for a fraction of the price of other job boards, employers can post jobs and can search our extensive resume database according to their selective criteria. We've been talking to attorney Mimi Manginis, co-founder of Above All Legal. Check it out at AboveAllLegal.com. That's AboveAllLegal.com. You can advertise with us at Legal Talk Network and have your own commercial play in this podcast. Just give us a call anytime at 781-551-9960 or shoot us an email at admin at LegalTalkNetwork.com. We're glad you're listening to Legal Talk Network. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, too. Welcome back to Lawyer to Lawyer on the Legal Talk Network. I'm Craig Williams. We're joined by Attorney Nan Heald, the Executive Director of Pine Tree Legal Assistance out of Maine, and Jim Strickland, a nationally recognized expert on disability benefits. And Jim, we were talking before the break about uh, the right of or the ability of of veterans to be able to hire attorneys. uh, And you you said that there's no access to a, a member of the JAG Corps. So, is there a realistic option for a veteran to go hire an attorney and, and appeal a denial or a caregiver denial of a of claim? There is on appeal. But, but, again, this is the understanding of the process that one has to come to. You have to apply. The application process begins with the individual. The veteran has to make the initial application for any given benefit. Then the veteran has to wait. If the benefit is approved and if it is appropriate, you're done. Everything is well and good. But again, over 70% of these initial applications for benefits are wrongfully denied. The veteran gets a letter six months, 12 months, 18 months later that says, we have uh, assessed your application for benefits. We don't believe you've made the cut. Goodbye. Once you have that denial letter in hand, then you can seek an attorney who is accredited by the Veterans Administration to practice VA law. That attorney will pick up the case and take it into appeals. There are a number of different levels of appeals. The attorneys all work on contingency fee basis. This is you know, dictated by the VA. I, I wanted to turn away from benefits just for a moment, just because I, I, I know that uh, we only have a, a little bit of time, and I just want to touch on some of the other issues. I, from from some of the information uh, we've been reading about this, we, we see that there are a number of veterans living, a high percentage of veterans living in poverty. Uh, unemployment rates among veterans are disproportionately high. Uh, it, it, one of the things uh, that really kind of surprised me in, in reading about this was that uh, – 
uh, now uh, service members and their families are being targeted for predatory lending practices and, un and, and, and by unscrupulous debt collectors. I, I mean, Nan, what, you know, how extensive, are, what do you see as some of the key uh, legal issues outside of benefits that, are, that you're having to uh, tackle here? Well, I, I, you know, I think all of those, um, from a, again, from a legal aid perspective, we are doing a lot of work with homeless vets, and there is some funding to do that work, and there are some really, I think, important collaborations that are starting to happen. I mean, my own perspective is that there has been a real gulf between the military community and the established traditional veterans community and the legal community, the general civilian legal community, and and missed opportunities to collaborate around common areas of expertise. And I think that's starting to change. The initiatives related to homeless vets are one of the places where that's happening. There are some really important initiatives related to what's happening for the children in military families in school, because what often happens with families that move around the country um, according to their military service is the kids come in and out of school. They may have a really difficult time transitioning at a new school, and there's some effort to address that with interstate compacts related to educational rights. We've already talked about foreclosure. The predatory lending is absolutely a problem. It's particularly a problem around the large military bases where people are housed. And as they drive in and off the base, they can see all of the payday loans and the car sales and all of those different ways in which someone can be um, taken advantage of just because of the convenience and the opportunity to have a, an almost captive audience um, right in that community. Again, there are really important federal law protections designed to not let that happen. But if people don't know about the law or they don't have the way a way to enforce their rights, then the law might as well not be on the books. What about veterans returning and finding jobs within the community? Jim, what have you found? Has it been, uh, we have an economic recession and a lot of the people that are, are living in the country are having a problem finding jobs. How in the world can we expect veterans to be able to find jobs? Well, I mean, I, Jim may have another perspective on this. Again, I would say that the, the right to have your old job back is a really important one. And again, I don't know that all employers are honoring that legal right, and we need to make sure that people know about it. A lot of these veterans that are returning um, didn't have great jobs when they went into the military. They've been in for five years, six years, maybe as much as eight years now. They're in their mid to late 20s, and they're coming home with GEDs. Uh, they've been in the infantry. There's not a whole lot of call for a sharpshooter uh, in my community. Um, it's they, they they don't have skills, they don't have training, and they are competing uh, with with the the economy that we have. They're competing with people who are desperately holding on to their jobs. I'm I'm working with a veteran right now who was an airborne ranger, one of the one of the elite military men, uh, three tours in Iraq, and he helps his wife clean houses today. He has a severe PTSD that he can't get treated for. 
uh, and nobody's interested in hiring him. I mean, there's just not much work for an airborne ranger. Um, in I'm I'm in coastal Georgia. There's not much work for an airborne ranger who has uh, extreme marksman skills in my part of the country. Uh, we're we're getting near the end of our time for this show, and before we wrap it up, we'd like to give each of you an opportunity to share your final thoughts. Uh, b- before we do that, I just wanted to ask real quick. We've we. We want to be able to refer people to uh, websites that you'd recommend. And I just want to recap it. We've talked about uh, statesidelegal.org, of course, uh, jimstrickland912.com, which is uh, Jim's uh, A to Z guide for veterans VA disability benefits, Uh, vawatchdog.org. I'm sorry. Am I cutting you off? If I could make a... If I can yeah. make a correction to that, yeah. that site is going to fade soon. It's going to be www.vawatchdog.org. That will okay. be the flagship site. Thanks. Okay. Okay. And then are, th- are there any others uh, that you'd recommend real quick, uh, Jim or Nan, that, uh, or are they listed on your sites? We have a link section on stateside legal um, for the lawyers and um, law-related professionals that are listening to the show, another really great resource um, is maintained by uh, Captain Sam Wright for the Reserve Officers Association. It's called the Service Members Law Center, and it has hundreds of legal memos on different um, federal laws that are specific to military uh folks and their families. It's it's a great research guide. Um, we do have the link to it on our site, but I do want to put in a plug for that one. Is there any place you would be able to recommend where lawyers can go to assist veterans? Is there a clearinghouse or a type of a, you know, hey, I'm willing to volunteer and, and assign me somebody? Well, there are a few. I mean, there's, um, as Jim knows, there's a, a National Veterans Pro Bono Consortium uh, that is a resource for people who want to take VA cases on appeal to the Court of Veterans' Appeals in Washington. Um, there are other organized groups, the National National Organization of Veterans Advocates. Is that the one, Jim? Um, I was I was going to I was going to suggest the Nova Group. Right. Uh, they are they are really fighting at the ground level uh, and doing an outstanding job of of training attorneys and providing a network for attorneys to learn from one another. They're just a great group of people. And then NVLSP, the National Veterans Legal Services Program, is also another one that's uh, that's really been in there fighting for the vets. And on the on the for service members, um, the American Bar Association has a legal assistance to military personnel pro bono project, and and many pro bono uh, centers around the country have, in addition to the bar associations, pro bono programs like mine and many other legal aid programs have special uh, projects within their pro bono uh, area that target military or veterans. And so people that would like to volunteer could certainly start with those legal aid programs. Great. Well, we're, we're running uh, real short on time here, but, but Nan, any, any final thoughts uh, that you want to make and uh, also uh, anything else in terms of how you'd like our listeners to be able to follow up with you? I, well, I guess I would just want to encourage people to look at Stateside Legal. There's an advocate portion to the website that you can access in the upper uh, right-hand corner. And and let me know. My contact information is on the site in the About Us section. If folks have suggestions or ways to make it stronger, let me know. 
Thanks a lot. And Jim? Same, the same thing. I'm at www.vawatchdog.org, and uh, all my contact information is listed there. I would encourage any attorney who has any interest in, in representing veterans, please get in touch and let us know how we can uh, provide, uh, we can grease the skids a little bit. There are a lot of people out there that need a lot of help. Well, thanks to both of you for the, the work you're doing in this area. Uh, uh, it's really uh, commendable, and thanks for taking the time to discuss it with us today. Our pleasure. Thank you. And, Bob, uh, we have a little bit of time to talk about uh, our final thoughts on this issue. What what uh, what do you what's your takeaway from it? Uh, well, I, you know, I think uh, I think uh, Nan perhaps used the word disconnect in there somewhere. I think it sounds like there's a real uh, disconnect between uh, sort of the, the traditional bar uh, and and uh, these veterans and their families in terms of the legal needs. I, I to me, this is uh, this is a surprise to read about how extensive some of these legal needs are, and that and also that there isn't a you know a, a sort of a established uh, network. Uh, to, to address them. Uh, so uh, uh, this is an eye-opener for me, and uh, I hope uh, we can we can help uh, encourage some others to get involved in helping. Yeah, and, and I see a disconnect in our government as well. It, it, we've got uh, President Obama bringing the troops home, and everybody's thrilled about that. But then again, we have the VA, who's supposed to be a veterans advocacy group, but um, it turns out that they're uh, not really taking care of our veterans. And so uh, somebody in government, hopefully, that's listening to this can uh, light a fire and, and uh, get some action taken with the VA and wake them up and get them taken care of our troops as they're coming home. Well, I think, Bob, that's going to wrap it up for us for this week on Lawyer to Lawyer as we're headed toward the holiday. And uh, we want to remind our guests that they can get CLE credit through West Legal Ed Center for listening to select Legal Talk Network podcasts. You can go to LegalTalkNetwork.com and click on the West Legal Ed Center. And you can also find our, our programs on iTunes and the podcast library there and all of our back shows on the LegalTalkNetwork.com. We will be back next week to discuss another great legal topic. Talk to you then. Greg. We'll see you then, Bob. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network. Its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to Lawyer to Lawyer with J. Craig Williams and Robert Ambrogi. Every week, a new legal topic that you won't want to miss. We hope you'll listen again and check out our other shows on the Legal Talk Network. The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Song. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.